it's not about cashing in right now, nor is it about maybe ever cashing in, but it's about having that sustainability and growth. Hello, this is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we'll explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity and come away a happier and smarter marketer. And we'll be speaking with none other than Jay Wong, the founder of Podcast Your Brand. I'm really excited for this episode because Jay's got great energies you're going to see. He also has advice and ideas on how to really scale your business or retain customers via a very successful podcast. He also talks about one of my favorite topics, community. And as listeners know, at Vesta, we deliver community-powered marketing. We build and grow online communities. But Jay reminds me that community is not just about the customers. Community is also about your prospects, people in your network. You really have to engage and nurture your community and have a call to action ready for them to make it easy for them to engage with you. A podcast helps bring your community closer to you, and it is really one piece of the pie, or as Jay puts it, one piece of the triangle. So please join me in welcoming Jay to our show. Thank you, and welcome back to another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. I am really excited to have Jay Wong, although, you know, a lot of pressure, Jay. You are what I would call the podcasting guru, so um, a lot of pressure, but welcome to my show. No, I'm super excited to be here with you, Sue, and I uh, can't wait to dive in. Yeah, for sure. So um, I think the hardest part of today will be keeping it to under the 30 minutes. You know, I do like to call it the happy half hour, but let's just dive in. So I would love for you to share your background with my audience today, because I can't wait to get into all of your expertise and and advice. But if you could just share um, a little bit about yourself, that would be great. For sure. Um, So to to tee it all up, uh, I, I get the chance, my team and I, we what we do is we work on top 100 podcasts and we help brands and businesses get a massive ROI from their podcasts. Really what we're doing is we're taking a podcast, which is something that, you know, Sue, that, you know, you love doing and so many of your listeners, you love tuning in. And we just turn that into not just a branding or a marketing channel, but really it becomes a sales and community driven type of sales channel. Right. And uh, we've been at this for only the last two and a half, three years, been teaching and speaking about podcasting for the last five, six years. And it's just been an amazing journey. The reason we went with the agency model is because even though we had courses and two-day intensives and we kind of went through the whole gambit of, you know, digital marketing and and internet marketing and all those different offers um, with the agency, we get a chance to work pretty intimately with every single one of our clients. And that way we have found that the results were way more consistent and we just like that. Right. And we love that, you know, our clients are able to really, you know, you know, get all the benefits of podcasting, not just that fulfillment, but they actually get the, the trackable ROI. They get the dynamic ads, they get the community growth. And that is what's so exciting about what we do every single day. Yeah, I love that and the agency approach because it's just true. If you send out a bunch of courses and classes people take, you're not sure they're going to follow your methodology and your process. That's part of the key to the success that you bring to your clients. Is that right? 
Yeah, and and look, we had and and, and to to tell you a, a mini you know story of this, um, when we used to run our two day intensives, we used to have people sit through both days. These are you know successful business you know owners and and you know brand managers, and they said, Jay, love you, you're my guy. I you know I I hear you on all these concepts. I took tons of notes. Here's the thing, I'm too busy. I'm never going to implement it to the level that you want us to implement it to. I much rather write you a bigger check, right? <laughs> to for you and your team to figure out how to implement it for us. And if so, let's do this together. And that's really actually how the agency was born. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's part, you know, we're not an agency at Vesta, but it is definitely how clients think of us too. You know, we offer the software, but they want the managed service because we're the experts. You're the expert, and it's certainly helps guarantee some form of success. I want to talk about that word guarantee. You actually talk about that when you speak about ROI. You know, so many people, myself, we know that podcasts help drive positive um, impact, lead generation, but, but not so much a guarantee. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so we have two different guarantees when people work with us. One is that we guarantee they hit the top 100 of iTunes. And we're trying to crack the code on Spotify, but we haven't done so quite yet, mostly because their charts are about two months old at the time of recording this. So, we're, you know, you got to give us some time here. iTunes, it's been around for a decade. We certainly got to dial down with that algorithm. So we, typically we can hit the top 100 within the first nine days of working with a client. And then the second guarantee, which I think is, is super interesting because I know you're all about communities. And I know all your listeners, that's really at the forefront of what you guys do. If, a, if our client is able to track retention or if they're able to track, you know, at least LTV, some of our clients are in the SaaS space, we do guarantee to grow retention by at least 15% at the end of the first year. And it's because of that strategy, that's ultimately how we got into the door of working with some of these bigger brands, you know, P&G, some of these bigger companies that franchise models, bigger communities, because ultimately we're not just looking for another content channel. Right. And I think that's what that was so, what was so frustrating about podcasting in the beginning, which was that even now at the time of recording this, we still can't figure out how many quote unquote subscribers, you know, people are still asking how many downloads does your podcast get when in reality, those are not really you know, great metrics to really assess a show. And on top of that, the, the use case for a podcast is more middle of the funnel, right? So it's not this direct response. You put a dollar in, you're going to get a dollar 25 out. It's not necessarily that. So, you know, why try to fit it into that lead generating direct response box when in reality, the power of podcasting comes back to community? the intimacy of voice. And that's what we're really obsessed about. And that's what we get our clients really, really bought into so that they themselves can see those results with their community. I love that. And you know, we are all about community powered marketing and community building. So it makes so much sense. You talked about, it's interesting. And, and I love this. One of your podcasts talked about, I think it was April, month of April. I didn't want to make sure it's not person April. You talked about don't start a podcast in 2020 just to throw content out there. There's this triangle. And of course, community is part of it, private community. But can you talk about that? I mean, here you are producing and having successful clients with podcasts. And you're saying, don't just throw a podcast out there, which makes sense. But what, what was that really about? Yeah, so th this is a perfect observation. I don't think I actually t have talked about the triangle effect uh, on a lot of different shows outside of our own. And you know, when we started the agency, we worked a lot with different thought leaders, speakers, 
big time influencers, they, they would come to the conversation, like first conversation. They said, Jay, we have 1.5, 2.5 million in Instagram and TikTok and, and YouTube, right? And we're looking at out of the podcast, right? Because it seems like the right move, right? And logically, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, I could totally see how they could arrive, you know, at that level. And what we've noticed is when we started working with those clients and we gave them this top 100 podcast, they're on, you know, let's say they're, they're on a weekly or even a bi-weekly type of schedule. The ones that were able to get the biggest ROIs didn't necessarily always have the biggest shows. And just because they had a million or 2 million of, you know, social followers, me and you both know that does not necessarily mean a million <laughs> buyers, right? And so we started to see all these differences when we were working with business owners that have, let's say, a couple proven funnels, their back end is solid. And on top of that, their product didn't just stop with them. And this is nothing against some of our clients that are speakers, that are high-end trainers. But as, as, as this year has proven, we don't ever know what's going to happen in the landscape, right? We don't know, and you really don't really plan for a global pandemic to happen. And it's, it's not to say that, you know, that business model, if it stops with, you know, just them being amazing and awesome, you know, there are some limitations with that. And we saw the shows that we were helping to produce, the ones that had a retention strategy in place, that had multiple offers in place. We just saw those shows be doing so much better from an ROI perspective. And it really dawned on our team that we shouldn't, it would be irresponsible of us to go out to the marketplace to say podcasting is the best thing. Every business owner, if you're listening to this, right? Like it's inauthentic, right? Because we know that that is not the case, right? Podcasting is not this direct response machine. It's the best middle of the funnel play. It's the best nurturing play. It's the best relationship building. I'm not ready to buy today. Doesn't mean I won't be ready to buy three months, six months, nine months from now because this person's been in my ears because I've been, I've been to the gym with them, right? I, I've been <laughs> gardening with them, right? And, there's, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's something completely different. You know, and so when we came up with this triangle effect, we said our best clients, one of the things that we've noticed about them is that they have a podcast. They also have an email list, a distribution list, right? From on the email list standpoint, most business owners or most brand managers, they'll know that there's a list of buyers and a list of non-buyers, right? Doesn't mean they won't buy, right? It's just people that are in the community. And then our best clients will have some level of a private group, right? For most of them, it's a paid type of membership right? It might be franchisees that are paying fees every single year or operators that, that are on this type of model. So we realized that those were the three things. The podcast was the hub was, you know, number one, the email list was number two, and the community was number three. And the easy way of thinking about this is whichever one that you're in, you're talking about the other two, yeah, right? True. And so, right. you know, if you're on the email list is, Hey, have you heard the latest episode on the podcast, right? Have you joined the conversation in our community about the podcast or about this topic? right? If you're in the community is, you know, same thing. Have you heard the latest episode on the podcast and have you opted in for our masterclass? Have you opted in for our, you know, or, you know, our live webinar, right? It's some form of an email list, some form of an opt-in. And we have found that that, cre that simplified this idea that business owners need to be everywhere. They need to be on every freaking channel. They need to be on the newest thing to the, you know, they, they, gotta, gotta, they have to have a strategy for Pinterest, the Twitter, the, the TikTok. Yeah. And we can just imagine how insanely exhausting that is, right. Right? right? 
as opposed to just saying, let's just be able to focus and dominate these three because that, that essentially guarantees that we're going to be top of mind in one of those three sections. Yeah. And I loved, you really also had me thinking differently about the call to action. So how you talk about the sort of the integration of the three, but don't forget to ask for the call to action. So at the end of the email, listen to my podcast at the end of the podcast, subscribe to my podcast and, and, and subscribe to my email. So I forgot about that, but that call to action, you put out this content, you said, what, a lot of content creators are broke. <laughs> we don't want to be broke content creators. <laughs> I loved that because of course I laughed like, no, who wants that? I don't want to create great content and have no money. But I think that call to action is really important for people to remember. Yeah. And, and, and Sue, to your point, we have, you know, people will show up and we'll, we'll do some consulting with them. And, you know, the, if you would look at their podcast at first glance, it would seem like they're hyper successful, right? They've interviewed the, you know, the who's who in their entire industry from New York bestsellers to, you know, highly sought after thought leaders, um, in some cases, Olympians and, and celebrities and, and, you know, all sorts of, you know, these amazing interviews. And, you know, they've been consistent every single week for the last two years, three years. And you know what the question is every time if we get really down to the, you know, we, we, everybody's at the table, we got all the pleasantries <laughs> out of the way. Yeah. What's really the question? The question is, Jay, why isn't our ROI from the podcast higher than how it seems we are doing? Wrong, wrong and metrics. There, right. <laughs> yeah. And there lies the problem, right? Because you get a lot of these business owners and marketers exhausted. We, we call it the, the hamster wheel of content creation. And now we, you know, instead of looking at podcasting or voice or, you know, this community, and instead of looking at it as a, a what it really is, which is a true gift right? You're, you know, two or three different time zones away, right? I'm, you know, in a different country. Yeah. Somebody that's listening to this might be, you know, outside of the US or in Canada, but yet they can still listen to this and they could be a part of this conversation. And what ends up happening is these content creators, these business owners, they get exhausted and they start resenting the fact that they have a show, that they have to put something out every single week, right? And we have to be present, right? And it's like, well, actually, could we change that? You know, could we, could we get to choose that we, we, we get a chance to serve the audience that we said we want, we want to make a difference for it. Yeah. And, and so these are just some of the things that like my team and I, we, we sit down and we, we geek out about <laughs> and we just notice these patterns and we said, Hey, look, not everyone and your mom or your grandma needs to have a podcast, especially one that's focused on ROI. Right, right. That makes so much sense. And I think it's also just, you know, again, you talk about the, the content, the piece of it. How much do you think is the content itself and where are podcasters before they come to you? Where are they getting feedback? Like, how do they know what content, you know, once they've checked off the, the three legs of the triangle here, but how do they know? How are, how are podcasters, hosts, getting feedback? How did you get feedback before you built an agency? This is a really funny thing. So there, there's the tactical side of this, right? And then there's the, the high level mindset side of this, right? Which is, you know, the high level mindset side is I think a lot of your listeners would probably be able to relate to this, right? Which is as you're building the community, you know, you're, you're co-creating this with them, right? So it's very important. And, and just like what you were saying around the CTA, I think we as business owners, we know that we need to ask for feedback, right? And we know we need to say, hey, I just had Sue on the podcast, right? Did you guys enjoy that episode? And if so, what was your favorite part, right? And if you did like that, what are other people? Who are the other individuals that you want? What are the other topics, right? That you want us to, to kind of be able to pull from or be able to feature, 
it's, it's that mindset of, hey, how can I co-create this with my community? What are they being able to tell me? Right. But I think from a marketing perspective, we can't just always take what people say at face value. Right. Because the truth is not all the time. They don't know sometimes what it is that they actually want. And so from a tactical perspective, we actually don't really focus that much on downloads. Of course, it's a metric that's right there. And we were able to look at, we look at who's being able to tune in. But one of the things, Sue, that we actually really focus on is consumption. So what's the consumption rate on that episode? And let me, let me give you an example. We have a client that's in the relationship niche. And, you know, so in the relationship niche there, you know, it, it could go from anywhere from love languages to, you know, sex and, you know, it could, it could go, you know, super into that niche, which is actually a very popular niche yeah. uh, in the whole podcasting genre. It could go from, you know, working out together. It can go from interviewings to other couples that they like. So how do you know which content type to really do more of, right? Just because something works for me doesn't necessarily means that it should work for you, right? Because I think at the end of the day, we can have the same script, talk about the same topic, but your stories might be a bit different, right? And, and the way that you tell it might be a bit different, right? Versus how, how I would. So the way that we start looking at our clients, you know, kind of subtopics is we start, look, we, we start getting them to create different episodes on each one of these topics. Maybe it's an interview on sex. Maybe then it's followed by, by a solo episode, you know, on, on working out together. And we start looking at what is working. What are people going back to listen to again and again and again, right? How do we get above a hundred percent consumption rate, yeah, right? Yeah, Meaning it was yeah. so good that yeah. I had to I go back and listen again. to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, yep, yep, those metrics. So I, and I love metrics. I mean, that, that, you know, and that's what we say about community. The first question I always get is, you know, how large should my community be when we th talk, think about, you know, consumer communities that we build? And we always talk about, no, it's the quality and the engagement. If they're willing to advocate for you and talk about you, then that's our metric. So we would say, don't always measure on, on X, Y, and Z. Come back and talk about what, what the KPIs are that are actually going to impact your business. So let's talk about your success, because I always hate when people say, oh, that's an overnight success. It, you're not overnight, but, but pretty fast, Jay. I mean, right? Tell me about that. I mean, you say you've only been doing this for five years, two and a half years for your agency, very successful, you know, number one podcast in self-help, obviously sought after speaker and educator. Can you talk about your success? I mean, it can't just be your hustle, can it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really funny that, that you bring this up. And, you know, I think a lot of business owners, we get so trapped in the idea that, it needs to happen right now. Like every single time it's like our visions all the way up here. We, we know exactly the type of impact we want to be able to, to create. And then the next question is, well, I wanted that yesterday. Where is it now? And this has been a really humbling journey, you know, because I, I shared earlier that, you know, the agency has only been two, two and a half years, you know, old. And it's because I actually resisted that agency model for the longest time, probably for a whole year, if not longer. And it's because of all the stories that I think we tell ourselves, you know, hey, I'm not an agency owner. I'm not good with systems. I don't want, you know, this is a great yeah. lifestyle business. I don't want to, you know, be able to build the team and then make us even more accountable. Like, what if they ask for like, all these questions? What if I don't know how to hire? What if, uh, what if our process isn't good enough? Do we even have a process because I just kind of do this and it, it kind of seems like it works over, right? And it's like, how do we go back? and we figure out the IP? How do we figure out the unique process of that? 
And that's been, it's, it's an, it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, it seems almost cliche to be like, oh, wow, it feels like we got to all the way to this point. And it just feels like we're, we're just hitting it. Like we're just hitting our, our stride and it's just beginning. But the truth is I, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like I could have arrived here so much sooner. And I think just for business owners, it's, it's a mindset game. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're, you know, and, and I think our role as CEO, as, as leader it is to be the visionary, right? It's yes. to be the visionary <laughs> for the team. And, yeah. and, and, and especially when you're running an agency, right. <laughs> with so many like to do's with so many like little checklists and frameworks and all these good things, right. They sound like good things, but the, the, you know, and, and, and so that, that was one thing I had to figure out. And that ultimately became kind of our, our, our battle cry. It became our, our, our sales pitch, right? You know, for all the visionaries that we work with, the beauty of working with, uh, you know, a kind of end-to-end agency like ours is that they only needed to show up and record. They only needed to do what they were amazing at. But then it really got us to think, well, how much, what about this window right now that we're in? That, you know, back even two, three years ago, podcasting was this new, hot media channel. Not because it was new. It was just that distribution caught up, right? Podcasting right, right. Was, was called internet radio like 10, 10 plus years ago, right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. people forget about that. But, you know, now when we're talking about a business, when a brand manager and us are we're, we're chatting together, it's how's that bank going to have a voice for not just their marketing and their campaigns, but have a voice for their values, have a voice for their community. How is that business? And you can plug in any business, right? I just use the bank as an example. We work a lot with training companies. How is that training company going to have a voice for their manifesto, their, what they stand for, right? And I, I think about that window and I have no idea, you know, I don't want to predict, you know, how this is all going to evolve or, or go, but I think the next two, three years, you're going to see so many businesses, not just look at podcasting as this nice to have or this branding play, but it ultimately becomes a pillar of marketing for them for 100%. their best customers. How do 100%. we get our best customers to be hyperactive, you know, hyper, hyperactive buyers, right? The best customers that buy over and over and over again. And because they, they, they agree with us, not just on the product level, not just on the head level, right? They agree with us from a heart level, right? They stand with us in what we stand for. And I think that's, going to be the nuance and the beauty of this. And that's why I'm excited to be here now. But I think where podcasting is going the next two, three years, it's going to be pretty cool to be able to even look back and, and have a bit of a time capsule with you know this recording with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting. I mean, again, I think part of it is you said, you talked about like progress over perfection, you know, the ability to start something without always knowing the end. So you start with the end in mind. And I've heard you say that as well, but but just being able to understand that this is a process, building your story and your voice and your podcast is a process and it's okay not to go out of the gate as the number one and the, and, and the 100% um, consumption rate. But, but you know, how much when someone's coming in, are you having to sort of coach them along with that as well as talk about not just their podcast, but their overall voice and their business. So is it just, you know, how much are you helping them on a greater strategic scale? Yeah. So I would say, you know, here's the truth, right? Which is one one of our clients, um, they built their own SaaS platform. It's like machine learning um, native ads. Okay. 
let me tell you, just by the way, I, I couldn't even say that. Like, I know nothing about what they do. And they're really dialed in. Like, you know, they're, and, and they're, it's awesome, right? And one of the conversations we, we have with them is that, look, all the editing, all the sound design, all these like little aspects of it, even like design, if we think about design, how far along it's come, just in the last five to 10 years, right? It used to be like design used to be this like impossible thing. Now you can go to 99 designs to Upwork to, you, you know, Fiverr, like you can get design everywhere. It's, it's become that much more accessible. And I think the same thing is going to happen with editing and sound design and transcripts and all these like quote unquote deliverables, right? But ultimately you're going to have technology and AI being able to do this even better. I think what's going to be very difficult to be able to replicate is having that strategist along your side, right? And I imagine it's pretty similar for you guys, you know, which is our clients buy into the big idea. They want to have a voice in the marketplace. They want to be able to dominate their marketplace and they want to be able to convert people that believe in them to people, you know, to, to buyers, people that don't believe in them to be believers, right? And they want to be able to ultimately own that niche they want to be able to, for them to be able to do that, they need to step into that visionary role. They need to be the CEO of that vision and they need to be preaching that vision over and over and over again. And to be able to work, I guess, with a team that understands where they're trying to go, but also understand how to actually use podcasting as a marketing channel and not just like a nice to have channel. I don't think that's going away. I think that type of customized, not just customer support, but that customized strategy that really has your client in mind. I know you guys do such an amazing job of that. And I know that's why we, the second we connected, we just, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we were able to connect just on some of these values. Yes, it's so true. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. So when you think about, and I'm sure this is for your clients too, how much of it is the voice of the podcast host and do they need, you know, they have their own company like I do, you know, I've got Vesta, but do they need their own website? You know, I'm happy marketer connection. What do you talk about as far as building out the podcast brand and their company and how the two work together? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really funny. Um, you, you said something earlier that kind of triggered this thought, which is, you know, it's a process, right? And, and progress over perfection. I, I love that you even reiterated that. So much of our clients, they would love to have a podcast out in the marketplace today. And a lot of times we coach them on this one little aspect, which is as much as in the beginning, we're coaching them on the strategy and doing these content critiques and getting them to be even more efficient as a storyteller and asking more questions and the strategic pauses, all those things that goes into beautiful world-class storytelling, right? As much as we're training them on this front, we have to remind them that they are training their audience and their community to receive content from them, right? Because you, you're not just going to go from, hey, we never email or list anything, right? Except when we want, you know, more money or renewals or whatever it is, right? And, you know, yeah, we do some stuff on social, but you have to train your listeners to be able to tune in, to be able to binge listen, 
right? And this is one, one thing we learned from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon yes. Prime. Like it, it's, it's one of the things that's, it's, it's almost like built into human psychology, right? People want to be able to access the best information right now. You know, the, uh, go, going back into, into, into your question, the, the, the thing that we look at is it goes back to that triangle effect, right? How, where is their email list place? You know, do we need to, you know, do we need to have it as a separate website or could we have it alongside some of their opt-ins or some of the websites that they have? So most of our clients, you know, I would say a good chunk of them don't even have a podcast website. You know, they either add a new tab on or a lot of times what they're actually pointing people to are email capture pages, opt-in forms or email capture pages, one that helps trackability right? Or lack of, you know, results so we can actually figure out what's working and what's not. But then two, it creates less of these to-do type of assets, right? That, hey, we need to have this out the door. Well, think about this. Do people listen to this podcast on their favorite app of choice, Spotify, Overcast, or iTunes? Or do they have to go to your website? right? Do they read the blog and, and listen to just on your website? Different people have different schools of thoughts around this, but from a perspective of let's make sure that you have all the right pieces to kind of get out the door, make the biggest splash. I think you need to have a podcast, you need to have a way of capturing email lists, maybe a, a little sexy type of offer, which we obviously, you know, help our clients craft and, and, and create and ultimately a community to be able to push them into right? I think those are at core, some of the most basic things that you need to have. That is very good. Very good advice. Very good advice. I love that. I appreciate that. So I want to talk about your podcast, <laughs> the, inter, <laughs> the Interchange Maker. Just, where did that start from? Where, where was that prompted? Um, so literally sitting in the living room at my parents' house, um, a year prior to this, I'd quit my job living downtown Toronto, had a quarter life crisis, moved to Asia, was vagabonding all through Southeast Asia as well as China. Uh, I know you weren't expecting this type of answer. Um, I love it. You know, went to, yeah, went, went to learn Mandarin, wanted to like find my like Zen. And, uh, you know, truth is ran out of money, came back home to Canada, still not really sure what I wanted to do. And, you know, podcasting was just one of the things that I had tried. I tried videos and blogs and I knew I wanted to be able to figure out how to, you know, the, the whole marketing, internet marketing, create a community, you know, have some level of a positive impact. Those were some components of it. Um, podcasting was one of the last things I tried. You know, it was a, it was a conversation with someone actually. And, and they were saying that podcasting could be this hub right? For all of your content, like Jay, I see you're trying all these videos and all these blogs and all these Instagram posts and all these things. Have you ever thought about just having one kind of central hub? And, and, and that's really where the idea of the inner change maker was born. Um, I was reading this book by Julia Cameron called The Artist Within and a really good book, highly recommended still. Um, a lot of people have that exercise called morning pages it's kind of mm. like journaling first thing yeah. in the morning, getting, <laughs> downloading all the negativity and downloading all the thoughts like on paper so that it doesn't kind of cloud your judgment. Um, I was going to call the show Change Maker Within. I don't think I've ever actually said that outside of like an <laughs> like internal training or something like that. Yeah, la last minute I decided to, I got actually both the album arts make, the inner change maker and the change maker within. I like the way that the inner change maker worked. I was able to get the URL for it. Like, you know, so yeah, that's ultimately how, how it, it started. And I asked every single one of my guests, we had over 200, you know, guests over the last uh, few years. The last question on all those interviews was, Hey, what's your definition 
of a change maker. Hey, Sue, it's been such an awesome conversation with you. What's your, what's your definition of, of a change maker? And the reason I did that was one, I thought it would be a great little kind of wherever they went, it would be a great kind of question to pull it all back to the audience and, and center the conversation. But then two, I didn't have an email list when I started. I didn't have offers. I didn't write a book. I didn't, you know, come from a wealthy family. I didn't, you know, sell off my company for, for millions and billions. Like, I didn't feel like I had that context or that expertise to be able to advise the audience or to be able to say, hey, this is what it should mean, right? So I always left it this open-ended and I put a lot of pressure on, on our guests, right? To be able to do some of the heavy lifting. Um, and, and, and those collaborations ended up, you know, really, really well. And, and to this day, those relationships is what ultimately got me started and getting that as much momentum as I did in the beginning. I love it. And, and fast track you, which we talked about. Um, so Jay, this has been amazing. I told you it, it will be so difficult to keep this to 30 minutes or under. So we are coming towards the end. And of course, um, I would love to continue this conversation offline. Can you share a positive story? I mean, everything you talk about, you've got the same level of energy. It is hard to meet that level of energy, by the way. But can you share a positive story for us? Yeah. So, uh, I, and this is one of the things I, I love about you, your show, and just like your, how you call it, like almost like the happy, you know, happy hour, kind of half hour type of thing. And w the first thing that came to mind when, when you said this was, you know, we were recently on a call uh, a couple weeks ago with a company, a franchise model company. Um, I won't say who, but you know, they, they have a pretty similar company to one of our clients that is also a franchise. And you know, one operates in the US, one operates in Canada. And essentially I started digging into the story. I said, oh wow, your, your, your company is pretty similar to our client over there. And I said, well, ultimately that, that's who referred us. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's good to know, right? Um, but they, they, and I said, well, what, what's so different? Like why, why are we having this conversation now? And they said, you know, four years ago, the company that you worked with, they decided to pursue a retention strategy type of model. They decided to go all in on retention, on community, because they saw the changes that was happening in the landscape. They saw what was happening with the internet and people were writing feedbacks on, you know, if this franchise is good or if this franchise is bad. And, and, and it doesn't matter who it is. It's just an opinion right? A lot of times it's just a name, right? Almost, almost like, you know, if you think about people, um, I mean, I still don't necessarily always read reviews, but I know my girlfriend, she's like, we go to a new city. She's like looking at the reviews already. Right. Same. <laughs> and so, you know, and, 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 and that's fine. Right. But this, this company I was chatting with the, the, the one that was in the U S they pursued a model where their owners took all the money, right. Or not all the money, but they got paid out right? And every year it was this big, big ordeal. They would get a whole new batch of people in, train them all up, right? And they did not track retention. They did not care as much about the community. And just to give some context in terms of where each company is, the one that we were working with, not to say that it's because of us or because of the podcast. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's the case, but because they pursued the community, the retention this year alone, okay, this year alone, they had over 65% retention on their operators and their franchisees, right? Just think about how many people that they did not have to recruit, like did not have to like brute force sale and, 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 and kind of go crazy on. And the other company just started doing the retention thing about six months to a year ago. They don't really even have numbers to be able to track, right? I'm telling them we're going to increase retention by 15%. They're like, Jay, if you do that, it's doubling 
our, 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 our business, right? We're already, you know, almost at eight figures. Like it's, it's, it's too big of a promise. Yeah. essentially, right? <laughs> and to me, I think it's an amazing, you know, story because it highlights the value of community and where it could guide you. And even though it's not the most immediate payoff, it's, it's one of those things that it's not about cashing in right now, nor is it about maybe ever cashing in, but it's about having that sustainability and growth. And I just love that. It was two yeah. exact same business models. Awesome they knew each other for like two decades, right? The, you know, the one used to make fun of the other one because they're growing too small and yet the tables have turned. Yeah, I love that story. And I actually think it's not just, you know, like your clients and customers, like we think about even employees, like if we build a community with our employees, and we certainly build a community with our vendors. And so these audiences that you're talking about, and engaging them, um, obviously, we're here to talk about how for podcasting, but I think it's just a good reminder for everybody, like we are creating these small communities. Um, and of course, again, I love it for my business and you love it for, of course, the podcasting audience communities, but I just love that reminder. They will come to, they will defend you. They will pay more, <laughs> you know, they will, uh, you know, that retention piece of it is because it's to your point, it's not just because of the podcast, but if you're thinking about retention in your audience and your community, it changes how you think about everything. So I love that story. All right, Jay, what else? Any final thoughts or closing for my audience today? I think we've covered a lot. I'm so excited. Hopefully everybody's going to be reaching out to you and your business, um, podcasting your brand, but what, what can you leave the audience with? I, I think the essence of a podcast, you know, we, we talked about so much triangle effect. I, I'm sharing, you know, I, I hope it's okay with our, our clients, by the way, we're working with both companies now. So it's, it's, it's really funny to kind of, you know, have the, see the differences and as it plays out. But what I want to remind um, your listeners is that, you know, there's an intimacy with voice and just like how me and you kind of connected in our first kind of like meeting it, this is what podcasting used to, to be. It used to, and it still is on some level, right? But now there's like really produced like true crime shows. There's more and more Hollywood, you know, all these celebrities are, are starting podcasts, right? And you got to think like they're coming with, you know, 10 million of, of, of social followers and capitals, right? So it, it's, it's going to be a little different, but the true essence of a podcast was two people that shared similar values, maybe lived in the same neighborhood. And they just, they just like certain topics. They say, like, Hey, let's just get together and let's just chat. Right. And hey, we don't know about, you know, this topic over here. We don't know about alternative health or we don't know about marketing. We don't know about native ads or we don't know about, you know, wh whatever the topic is. Let's let's just invite whoever. And I, I mean, we I don't even care how many listeners there are. It's just amazing to get a chance to kind of connect. It's amazing to be able to, to kind of just connect with somebody else and have a platform to feature them on. And that's the essence of a podcast. People used to put it out. None of this marketing stuff, none of this ROI conversation. And, you know, I think above all, I still look back at podcasting and I still think to myself, if we took out all the business like pros of it, I think I would still do it. And I still love it because it's the ultimate life hack. Yes. The ultimate life hack. You have a platform. You get to connect with whoever you want, when you want, if you know how to do it right and personalized, you know, and you, you, you get to build, you get to put a voice behind your whole network. And, you know, I just think that's, I, I think about that sometimes. And I just think, wow, it, it's amazing how far we've, we've come from those internet radio days, you know, from, from two, you know, pre iTunes. Um, and I can only imagine where it's going as businesses are, 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 you know, learning from you guys in terms of community and, and thinking about retention as they're, you know, entering into a new year. 
Yeah, I love it. And I think to to add on to that, the authenticity of the conversations, like the best podcasts for me are the real conversations, you know, you sharing something that maybe you haven't shared before. And um, I certainly love the authenticity of, of just talking to somebody, which is what, you know, again, technology today, I love that we've got, you know, video chat and Zoom and the ability to see each other, but certainly that authenticity of, of what we say and, and our voice. So Jay, thank you so much for everything, all of your advice, your recommendations. How do listeners find you? How do we connect with you um, to help build and grow and market their podcasts? Yeah, so we, we talked about a, a few pieces of the puzzle. In case your listeners wanted to dive in and just see our entire podcast process, because I'm, 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 you know, I, I bet I'm, I'm like some of you where like I want to kind of see it laid out. What's phase number one? What's phase number two? Wh where do we kind of go from there? You can actually get access to our entire podcast system. It's called the Top 100 Buyers. And we call it that because we ultimately, that's, that's who we want. We want more of these hyperactive buyers and that's what our clients want. You can actually get access to that at doneforyoupodcast.co. If you're into socially stalking individuals, which I am as well, uh, Instagram is probably my social media of choice. Uh, you could do so. I, I think I post there pretty daily and um, get access to that as well. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I am highly recommending people to reach out, certainly check out the doneforyoupodcast.co and connect with you just to have, again, an authentic conversation. You never know where it's going to go. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining me today. This has been really great. Thank you, Sue. Jay, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. To hear more stories and lessons from happy marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. To learn more about community building, our Vesta solution delivers community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. The world is so fast and ever-changing as we know, and Vesta is here to help you future-proof your business via community-powered marketing. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck, or to find us at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you so much.